A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This podcast is made possible thanks to donations from my listeners. And if you have donated to the podcast, then thank you very much. Also, uh, it's made possible thanks to my sponsors. The sponsor for this episode is italki. I talk about italki a lot because I think it's a service that you could use that could be really helpful for you. If you're looking for one-to-one conversations or lessons with teachers, then you can use italki. It's an online platform. Basically, you can have lessons and conversations through Skype. And what italki does is it kind of arranges everything for you. It helps you to find the teachers. It's a really uh, simple way to select teachers or search for teachers that are right for you, meaning if you want to do grammar work or if you want to do conversations with language feedback or if you're preparing for an exam or if you're preparing for a job interview, you know, all sorts of different purposes. You can find teachers who will provide their teaching services to you and um, also, because you listen to this podcast, italki can offer you a voucher which is worth a free lesson when you buy some talking time. So get started on italki. It's a really good way to build some regular practice into your life in a very convenient way because it's all done over Skype. And to get the offer that they are offering you, my listeners, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash talk or click an italki logo on my website. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Okay, let's do this. Hello, everyone. In this episode, you're going to do some fairly intensive listening practice using a funny story. This is just a story which I find really enjoyable, and I keep going back to listen to it again and again, and I just want to share it with you. Um, I don't know if you have things like that, like YouTube videos that you just keep going back to again and again because they make you laugh for whatever reason. For me, this is one of those things. I've got loads of those sorts of videos on YouTube. I use YouTube a lot um, just when I'm, you know, just sort of killing time or whatever. Or if I'm having my breakfast or something, I might just put YouTube on. I use YouTube a lot and there are certain videos that I find myself going back to just because they entertain me, they make me feel good and this is one of those things. Um, Hopefully you will find it as enjoyable as me. Maybe you won't, you know, because you just might not get it for whatever reason. It might not be your cup of tea and of course you might, you know, possibly you might not understand it like I do because of your level of English. But we'll see about that. And that's my aim in this episode to try and help you to understand this like I do, which hopefully will result in you finding it funny like I do. I've been here so many times before sharing comedy with learners of English. I've done this plenty of times as an English teacher, like finding something and then thinking, oh, this is hilarious. I'm going to use it with my students. It'll be brilliant. And then I play it to my students and it's just like... 
just tumbleweeds in the classroom. You know, a tumbleweed, that's like, you know, in those, it, probably in Western movies, when there's going to be a shootout, there's like some sort of cowboy movie situation. And like one cowboy rides out from out of the desert into the town and he walks into the saloon, you know, the doors and the pianist is ling, ding, ling, ding. the piano player stops and all the people look around at who's just come in and the cowboy's like, has a look around the room and then ching, 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 walks over to the bar and slowly the the people turn back again and continue with their drinks and their conversations and ding a ding ding the piano starts playing again and the guy goes over to the bar and he's like uh, whiskey leave the bottle you know whatever it is and then there's another sort of cowboy type person at the bar who for some reason wants to have a fight you know i suppose in the wild west people just were just so pissed off and thirsty that they just wanted to shoot each other all the time um and uh so you know whiskey leave the bottle and then he gets served his bottle and then there's um some other cowboy who's like you you talk too much you know and then they go outside to have a have a have like a a duel in the street and they're standing there at either end of the uh what the street not that it's a street it's just dirt on the floor and they're just standing there at opposite ends and the 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 bell the, the clock in the bell tower hits high noon or whatever, because obviously, you know, everyone's just been drinking at, in the morning. And the bell goes ding, you know, cling, cling in the background. And it's like, and a tumbleweed tumbles across the ground between them. That's a tumbleweed. It's just like one of those moments where there's kind of silence and tension. So that's what it's often been like for me whenever... I've I've discovered some bit of comedy or something very funny and I've thought this is amazing I'm going to use this with my students it'll be brilliant and then I play it to my students and it's just clang clang tumbleweed and nobody gets it and I kind of think oh god right I'll never do this again I'll never use comedy like this in class again it'll just be pages from English grammar in use next time even though, like, that's what's going on in my head of like, oh, no, this is not working in my head. But even then, like, it's quite possible that the students did enjoy it, but they just weren't able to laugh out loud because it was difficult to understand. But in the past, that kind of experience has made me feel quite bad as an English teacher. To be honest, these days, that doesn't happen to me as often as it used to. I think I've finally learned that comedy will only work in the language classroom if you devote loads of time to helping the students understand it, to understand the specific vocabulary used, the context and the pronunciation and delivery of it, of the story or the jokes or whatever. Because often it's just, it's just that it's hard to catch specifically what's been said. If you are trying to understand comedy in another language, it's just hard to keep up and catch everything. And if you miss one little bit, then you won't get the joke and you don't laugh. Comedy is extremely hard to enjoy in a second language. And this is because it's all about understanding things instantly and being able to pick up on very subtle changes in tone when the person is speaking, not just the words being used, but the nuances of the comedian's attitude and also shared experiences that you're supposed to know about. 
So as we know, it can be hard to understand comedy in another language, but I'm still committed to helping learners of English enjoy it because I enjoy it so much and I just think, well, you're missing out if you don't get it. It's like one of those it's like one of those 3D posters or something. But obviously much better than that. But do you know what I mean? Do you, do you remember those 3D posters from the 90s? There was a period in the 90s when I was a student um, when suddenly everyone got these 3D posters. And if you look at them, if you just have a quick look at them, they just look terrible. They're just like like lots of little, it's kind of like black and white and lots of little dots. And it just looks like when your TV set breaks and you just get you know just white noise and uh you know it's like when you unplug the aerial from the back of your tv and you just get that kind of um interference on the screen i don't know if tvs still do that do they i can't remember the last time i saw a tv doing that i think tvs are really all slick and intelligent now and they just kind of put a black screen on there or maybe a bouncing logo or something but there used to be a time when you'd pull all my references are from the 90s or from uh, cowboy films, apparently, in this episode. But anyway, in the 90s, if you pulled the aerial out the back of the TV, it would go... And it would all be interference, you know. So 3D posters, the other thing from the 90s, they look like just a picture of when the, someone's pulled the aerial out of the back of the TV. So they look very unimpressive and crap uh, when you looked at them. I say looked because I don't know if people still... Do they still exist? I don't know. I think probably it was just a passing fad and humanity as a whole has moved on from 3D posters. But anyway, so they look like just crap sort of interference on a TV, but pe- students would have them on their walls and you were supposed to kind of stare at the at the poster until eventually, somehow because of the way it's designed, it would reveal an incredible three-dimensional image. It would sort of... I don't know, like some optical illusion, the way that all the little dots and the inter- and the, the random interference was arranged, it would start to emerge into this uh, 3D image. But I could never, I, w- I was never able to see the 3D images. Sometimes I'd stare at them for ages and people would say to me, you've got to just sort of squint your eyes a bit or try and look into the distance or just keep staring at it. And eventually you'll see some amazing 3D image. And I'd be there with my friends and my friends would be like going, oh, wow, man, that's so cool. Look at that. It's like a, whatever it is, it's, that's like a massive mountain or it's a huge pirate ship. And I'm just looking at it going, it just looks like TV interference to me. So understanding comedy in another language, uh, yeah, it's just like a 3D poster, isn't it? I don't know. I don't know. The point is that if you, if you, if you don't really get it, then it just seems totally crap and um, uninteresting, right? Okay. I don't know if that analogy worked, but I think you know what I mean. So I've learned how to do comedy in the classroom now as a teacher. I mean as listening, you know, with using comedy as a listening exercise. I've kind of learned how to do that uh, and these days. And I tend to lower my expectations a bit and try not to expect my students to kind of fall off their chairs laughing. And so I don't get very disheartened if my students aren't rolling on the floor laughing when I show them something. So it's all right these days. So anyway, you're going to hear a story which I find funny 
and I'm going to try and help you to enjoy it too. But if you don't, that's totally fine and it doesn't matter that much anyway because the main thing is that you'll be learning English. And if you have a bit of a chuckle in the process, that's just a bonus, isn't it? Honestly, though, I think that after going through this episode, uh, you will understand this story that you're going to listen to a lot more so that you'll then be able to watch the YouTube video again and again like I do and enjoy it, I hope. By the way, I say YouTube video, it's actually just audio. There's no there's no actual video that goes along with it, but it is on YouTube. So yeah, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, okay, Luke, what is this? What is this thing? What's this story that you'd like to share with us? Well, this is the audio from a YouTube video. It's a true story told by a stand-up comedian on his podcast. We're going to listen to the whole story and I'm going to break it down bit by bit and explain it to you. Um, the comedian's name is Bill Burr. I don't know if you've heard of Bill Burr. He's definitely one of the top English-speaking stand-up comedians in the world at the moment. He is hilarious, in my opinion, and also in the opinion of many other people. Uh, he does stand-up shows on stage in very large arenas these days. He's been doing comedy for ages. It must be a few decades. I think he started in the 90s. There you go, another 90s reference. Uh, Bill Burr has Netflix stand-up specials, which you can see on Netflix. And he also does other things like some writing for TV and some acting. Uh, he was in a few episodes of Breaking Bad, for example. He also has a podcast called The Monday Morning Podcast, which you can you know get where you normally get your podcasts, uh, iTunes or whatever. The Monday Morning Podcast. It's called that because, that's right, it's published every Monday morning. I think there are episodes on Thursdays as well, even though it's still called The Monday Morning Podcast. So we're going to listen to an extract from an old episode of Bill Burr's Monday Morning Podcast here. So a bit of OPP in this episode today. And if you don't know what that means, OPP stands for other people's podcasts. So um, a bit of intel on Bill Burr, a bit of sort of intelligence on him. Not that not that I'm a CIA agent opening his dossier or anything. Here's the intel on Bill Burr. Some information. That, there you go. That's probably a better word. So here's some info on Bill Burr. So Bill Burr grew up on the east coast of the USA in Boston, I think, or near Boston. And I think he's got some Irish roots in his family. I think maybe he's got German Irish roots or something. You know, in the States, everyone's got like roots. They all, you know, their families all come from certain other parts of the world. And it's, and uh, you might, you, people have weird combinations of roots as well. Like, for example, Bill Burr is German Irish. I guess that means that his parents or his parents' parents or his grandparents were from either Ireland or Germany or something. But it, uh, coming from Massachusetts, near Boston. I think he's got that sort of Irish connection. And he's certainly got the gift of the gab. The gift of the gab, that means uh, when you are just able to speak fluently, when you're kind of a fluent and um, articulate person, probably able to tell amusing long stories. This is something we associate with the Irish. I don't know if Bill's gift of the gab is, is an Irish thing, in any case, he's from Massachusetts, so he has that kind of East Coast American accent, not fully Boston or New York, but in that area, 
um, yeah, so he grew up in Boston. He moved to New York in the early 90s, I think. So, yeah, he's from the east coast of the United States, which you can hear in the way he speaks. In terms of his style as a comedian, uh, here are some details from his Wikipedia page. Rolling Stone magazine called Bill Burr the undisputed heavyweight champion of rage-fueled humour. So rage-fueled. Uh, and Bill Burr is often described as being a sort of an angry comedian. He often rants about subjects and tells stories with a certain level of anger. Um, or is it just irate energy? I personally don't find him to be that aggressive or angry, actually, beyond the fact that he has a pretty loud and intense voice and he swears a lot, particularly using the F word or the F bomb as it's known. You know what I'm talking about? The F word. And uh, yeah, you know, the word, which word's that, Luke? What, fuck? Yes, exactly. So he swears a lot, particularly using the F word and various other typical American English swear words, which for some reason make me crack up every time, especially when they come from the mouth of Bill Burr. Um, Bill Burr often portrays himself or he kind of, his onstage persona, his comic persona is that he is the loud guy at the bar or the loud guy in the bar with uh, uninformed logic. And that's exactly the sort of guy he is, or that's the sort of guy he comes across as uh, in his comedy, a slightly dumb and kind of pissed off guy with a loud mouth and the gift of the gab. Although I don't think he is dumb. He's, He's not stupid. I think you've got to be very clever to be able to tell stories in such a funny way and to become, you know, such a successful comedian as he is. So he's certainly not stupid, but it's kind of part of his persona is that he's kind of the loud mouth um uh uh guy in the bar he sometimes has views and opinions which i don't really agree with but i always find it funny he's got such a way with words and a kind of flow to his storytelling particularly when he gets angry uh, that it really makes me laugh he is a naturally talented comedian in this story uh bill is describing something that happened to him on a plane so this is like a plane story there's no political subject or any of that kind of thing um it's just um it's just bill telling a true story about a weird guy he encountered on a plane um and uh so there you go if you if you don't know bill burr and you're a fan of stand-up comedy then you might want to check him out Uh, You could check out his Netflix specials or just look him up on YouTube. You could listen to the Monday Morning Podcast to hear Bill just chatting about his life and telling stories. And yeah, you could see some of his comedy specials on Netflix. So Bill's plain story, Bill's hilarious plain story, hilarious in my opinion. Um, Comedians from the United States have to do a lot of traveling. And so they all seem to have stories of flying and being on planes. This is also something that most Americans can relate to since the country is so big that flying is a regular occurrence, particularly if you travel from coast to coast. And Bill Burr is no exception. He's a top comic who plays to sold out arenas across the country. So he regularly flies to different cities to do his shows. He also came to the UK uh, and sold out some big shows there not long ago. He's a big deal now, but he still manages to tell these relatable stories. Um, So yeah, um, having stories about flying seems to be like totally um, common uh, for American comedians. 
about swearing, I should warn you that this episode will contain a lot of swearing, okay? Lots of rude words. Bill talks to you, he talks to his audience, like you're his buddy and that you're both just sitting down having a drink in a bar or something. And therefore, there's a lot of swearing, as you would expect in that kind of situation. I'm not suggesting that you should talk like this and swear like this, but I think it's not a bad idea to be able to understand it all and to hear some typical swearing from someone like Bill. I'm saying these things because I'm an English teacher and I'm always aware that the the stuff I'm teaching to my uh, learners, you know, that uh, maybe I've got some responsibility to kind of say these things about swearing so um I, yeah lots of swearing uh he bill burr is the sort of blue collar guy a regular guy from the east coast and this is how a lot of people like him really speak when they're with their friends uh but just a warning this episode is full of the f-bomb and by that i mean the word fuck in all its glory used frequently and i should say very effectively by a true master of the art of swearing, Bill Burr. So what about this story? Well, I'll let you discover it as you listen, but essentially it's about having an encounter with a very weird uh, guy on a plane. I don't know what it is about flying, but it seems to bring out some weird behaviour in people. Some, some, sometimes it just makes people behave very badly or weirdly. Perhaps the cramped space in the plane causes this, or the close proximity to other people, the alcohol that people drink, all the security protocols, or simply the stress of flying. All of those things can make people act really weirdly on planes. I'm sure that most of us have been in situations when there's a weirdo or a nutter on the plane and you observe some strange behaviour, maybe some arguing or trouble between passengers. And if you're particularly unlucky, you might end up sitting next to someone strange who kind of makes your flight really difficult or turns the whole thing into a nightmare ordeal. It could just be someone who insists on talking to you for the whole flight or someone who won't stop moving around or worse, it could be someone who gets aggressive with you or aggressive with the cabin crew. This is a story about a situation like that. So let's let's listen to the story and I'll explain things that I think are necessary as we go along. I'll stop the recording from time to time and explain things and repeat bits if necessary. If you'd like to listen to the whole story uninterrupted, you can find the video of this story on YouTube. It's called Bill Burr Hilarious Plain Story and it's also embedded on the page for this episode on my website. So this is all American English Normally, it's British English on this podcast, of course, but it's interesting to explore some American English, too, uh, from time to time. And I can perhaps make some comparisons along the way and talk about the differences between how he speaks and how I speak, for example. I'll play the story in parts. All you have to do is understand what happened in each part. I'll pause after a couple of minutes and then sum it uh, and summarize, uh, sum up the part that we listen to. Okay, this will probably take the entire episode as the YouTube video I'm using here is about 18 minutes long. And I've already been talking for 20 minutes. Oh, for Christ's sake. So this was recorded by Bill in his home for his podcast. So this is not him on stage. This is not Bill during a comedy show. It's just him and a microphone in his living room or something recording an episode of his podcast. Um, By the way, it might be hard for you to understand what he's saying. At the beginning, it might take a while for you to get familiar with his voice, but you will get used to it. And then uh, when we get into the story, I think you will be fully locked in. I hope so anyway. 
But again, don't worry, I will explain things as we go. Check the page for this episode on the website where you will see, as I said, the YouTube video for this if you want to listen to the whole story again. Uh, but also you'll see some I expect you'll see some some parts that have been transcribed by me and also some vocabulary notes as well. Okay, so let's go with Bill Burr's plain story. We're going to start right away um, and uh, just try to follow exactly what's happening. Uh, so Bill meets a guy on a plane. Who is this guy? What does he want? And what is Bill's reaction? We're going to listen to, I guess, about four minutes of the story now. Okay, so let's listen to the first four minutes uh, of this story and here we go so anyways um i go i go to the airport and i'm taking the red eye taking this 1055 flight non-fucking stop because that's how i do it all right i'm on a good plane why would i want to get off it and switch and roll the dice and get on another one you know let's just fucking get there when, it, when I drive up to San Francisco, I don't pull over in fucking uh, Burbank and then get, get into another car. We get it, Bill. All right. So I get on the fucking plane, right? I use my miles, bump myself up like a fancy person. You know, maybe maybe I invented the Cheesecake Factory, people are thinking. And then they see how I'm dressed and they go, oh, no. He didn't invent the Cheesecake Factory. Um, and I go to go to sit down in my seat. And I go to set my bag down. I was going to set it down right in front of me. And the nice fella sitting next to me goes, why don't you stick it in the middle? There's room. And he moved his bag out of the way. I'm like, all right, this guy's a solid dude or whatever. And then all of a sudden the waitress comes by, a stewardess, whatever. She comes by, um, flight attendant, whatever the fuck you're supposed to call him. She comes up and she, uh, can I get you gentlemen a drink? And I was like, yeah, can I get a, let me get a water, please. Ice or no ice? What, however you make it. Stop acting like it's a fucking martini. It's all right. Just give me a water with ice. Thank you. Um, and the, the guy next to me, he orders a doers. Neat. No ice. No nothing. Just put it in there. So they bring our drinks. All right. And I'm really thirsty. So I start sucking mine down and he just throws his back like it's nothing. Like fucking John Wayne. Right before he's going to turn around and beat up three guys three mustachioed guys in the 1930s, right? So um, I'm just sitting there, and everybody's getting on the flight, you know, and I'm looking around at the passengers, you know, I'm fucking doing whatever I'm doing, and all of a sudden the guy next to me, Mr. Dewars, goes to me, uh, he goes, excuse me, he goes, are you afraid to fly? And I looked at him, I was like, what? He goes, are you afraid to fly? And I go, no, no, I'm not. And he goes, he goes, all right, but you know, it's, <clears throat> he goes, it's okay. You know, it, it's okay to tell me if you're afraid to fly. And it's immediately getting weird. And I'm like, no, I'm not afraid to fly. And then I'm thinking in my head, wait, is he afraid to fly? And that's why he's drinking the way he just drank. And now he's hoping that I'm going to be afraid to fly. So he, you know, he just wants to open up. That's what I'm thinking. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not afraid to fly. And he won't leave it alone. He goes, all right, because, you know, you're, you're, you're fidgeting. You're looking around at other passengers. And I'm sitting there looking at it like, is this guy fucking serious? And I go, no. I go, I'm not afraid to fly. So now I'm like, fuck this guy. I'm not talking to this guy for the rest of the flight. This guy's weird, man. It's like 30, just get paint the picture. He's like 32-year-old, wiry, 
in shape, but like wiry white dude. He's got a scully cap on with fucking glasses. Um, <clears throat> you know. And uh, he goes, uh, like, there's like a minute of silence and people are still getting on the plane. And then he goes, hey, sorry about that. Sorry, we, we just we just got off on the uh, wrong foot. He's like, my name's so-and-so. He goes, what's your name? And then I'm thinking in my head, like, what's my name? My name's Frank. I wanted to give him like a, but I just, some reason I just went, it's, it's Bill. And he goes, oh, hey, Bill. And he goes, nice to meet you. So we shake hands. Okay, we're going to stop there. All right, then. Okay, not so bad. You, you're following this, aren't you? Okay, let me just sum up what happened. So he's on a flight. He's on a red eye. That means basically a nighttime flight, usually across from one coast of the, the United States to another. He's flying. I, I don't know if he said it yet, but he's flying to Indianapolis, probably from Los Angeles to Indianapolis. He's going to do a show there. Okay, so he's taking the red eye. The red eye, this is just uh, the nickname that they use in the United States for a flight, that um, uh, a long-distance flight from coast to coast usually, which happens at night. And it's called the red eye because usually the flight, because it's direct, because you don't have to you know, transfer anywhere, because it's direct, um, it probably only takes about five hours or something, five or six hours. And so it's not possible to get a full night's sleep uh, when you take this kind of plane. So that's why they call it the red eye, because uh, you might fly all night, but you don't really sleep very long. And you, when you arrive at your destination, you might look tired. Okay, so they call it the red eye. So he's taking a red eye across the States to Indianapolis. Um, and he, he manages to upgrade um, to, I guess, to business class or something. He uses his miles to bump himself up to mid- business class. Not very important details. Uh, and he's sitting down and... Um, He's trying to push his bag under the front seat. The guy next to him seems friendly and he says, hey, why don't you put your bag in the middle? And so he does. And then the waitress, the waitress, that's not the right word. Uh, That's what Bill says, actually. Uh, The waitress comes, but actually air stewardess or flight attendant or whatever the right word is, comes along and uh, offers to to get them both uh, a drink. Uh, Bill orders a water and... The other guy orders a Dewar's, which is a, uh, a, a sort of Scotch whiskey. It's an American brand of Scotch whiskey. And Bill starts kind of, he's quite thirsty, so he starts drinking his water. And the other guy slams his Dewar's. He slams it, so he just knocks the whole drink back in one, which is quite a, um, you know, it's quite a surprising way to drink, especially at the beginning of uh, a long flight, right? You'd imagine he would just try and settle down and relax and maybe start sipping his whiskey. But no, this guy slams his drink. And then he starts asking Bill all these questions, right? So, yeah, he says to him, so are you afraid to fly? And Bill's like, what? So immediately it's getting weird. It's already strange. Uh, so he's like, are you afraid to fly? And Bill's like, um, no, I'm not afraid to fly. And the guy's kind of going, really? Are you, not, are you afraid to fly? He keeps pressing. And Bill's like, no, I'm not. And the guy says, you know, because, you know, you seem uncomfortable. You're fidgeting and you're, you're looking at other passengers. Are you afraid to fly? And, um, and Bill's like, no, I'm not afraid to fly. Strange. 
isn't it? I mean, imagine you're in Bill's situation here. That would be weird and also disturbing because you know you've got to spend the whole flight next to this guy and he's acting very weirdly in all these different ways. Drinking his booze too quickly, uh, asking Bill these weird, slightly aggressive questions. Um, and then after a bit of time, it seems that things settle down and the guy says, oh, I'm sorry, you know, I'm sorry, we got off on the wrong foot. Um, and he says, what's your name? And Bill is tempted to give him a fake name because he thinks, you know, I don't need to tell you my real name, you weirdo. But he, but for some reason, he tells him his real name. And he says, hi, Bill, you know, sorry about that. And they shake hands. Now, already, this is like, <laughs> this is really awkward. You know, if you can imagine, you're sitting down, uh, you've just sat down in the plane. The plane hasn't even started moving yet. People are getting on board. And already there's been this weird encounter and you've shaken hands with the person. I mean, I don't know about you, but for me, when I get on a plane, I don't want to speak to anyone. I don't want to have to talk to people. I just want to maybe watch a film or just fall asleep or read a book or something. I just want to block out the rest of the world, really. And I certainly don't want to have to, to make awkward conversation with the person next to me. I mean, maybe that makes me unfriendly, but, you know, that's just what I want to do. Sometimes it's nice to have a chat with the guy next to me. Sometimes I have in in the past struck up conversations with the person next to me, but usually I will wait until, let's say, the last hour or the last hour and a half or so of the flight. And it's not until you get to that safety zone of like, okay, well, I can start talking now and it's not going to get too awkward. So often then I'll start striking up a conversation near the end. Or maybe you might have a little bit of conversation at the beginning and then you kind of politely shut the conversation down because you kind of think, I don't want to have to feel obliged to make conversation for the rest of the time. But anyway, this flight hasn't even left the ground yet and they've already shaken hands and it's uh, weird and awkward. Let's go back and listen to that again. And I'm going to break it down. Um, Now, you might think, it's all right, Luke, I've got it. Well, yes, you have got it. mostly you've got the basics right you've got the basic things but let's look at details okay and what you could do is try to repeat exactly what you've heard that's a good test so I'm going to play maybe a line or two and you could trust me on this you could pause it and try and repeat what you've heard because if you just think oh it's okay I've got it then, you know, fair enough. You could just, maybe you're passively just sitting back enjoying this episode. But if you do want to push your English, you could try and repeat what you've heard and you'll find that, ah, then you'll think, ah, actually, I'm not sure. What was that word or something? So when you actually focus your attention on it, you'll notice that um, you, you might not have got absolutely all of it. Anyway, I'm going to go through it, play some lines and then explain exactly what you heard. Okay, so I need to cue it up to the right place. Here we go. I think he's a fucking genius. So anyways, he's a fucking genius. I told you lots of swearing. Anyways, um, I go, I go to the airport and I'm taking the red eye. There we go. I'm going to the airport and taking the red eye. I told you what the red eye is. You may have already known already what that is. <laughs> taking this 1055 flight non-fucking stop because that's how I do it. Non-fucking stop because that's how I do it. Uh, I'm taking this 955 flight non non fucking stop. Yeah, you can you can use the word fuck like that. It, you can it's a very versatile word. It can go in various places in a sentence and sometimes it goes in the middle of a word or in in the middle of a compound word like you can say non fucking stop, you can say unfucking believable, absolutely, you know, it's a very it's actually a very versatile word. In this case, 
Bill's taking the 1055 flight, non-fucking stop, because that's how he does it. And then he starts making a... I mean, this is you can see that Bill is a a professional comedian because he's got the comedian's brain, because he's already starting to... He's thinking about the idea of a non-stop direct flight as in the way that a comedian would do it, because he's saying, you know, I'd, I'd prefer to just fly direct because... Um, what's the joke he makes i'm sure he just comes up with this joke instantly i just i'm sure he does he says because you know i'm on one plane it's a it's safe plane why would i roll the dice why would i risk it and get off this perfectly good plane and get onto another one why would i risk it all right i'm on a good plane why would i want to get off it and switch and roll the dice and get on another one (laughs) I just like the idea of roll the dice, you know, as if getting on a plane is a gamble every single time you're rolling the dice. Um, I don't think it's that much of a risk. But anyway, I like the I like the comedian's logic of like, I'm going to I prefer direct flights because why would I risk it? Uh, switch planes, roll the dice and get on another one. I'm going to stay on this one. And then he starts saying, you know, yeah, direct flights, because, you know, when I drive to San Francisco, I don't stop in Burbank and get into a different car and then carry on the journey. And then he's like, OK, we get it, Bill. So showing that he's kind of laboring the point slightly, but that's just his comedian brain working. You know, let's just fucking get there. When when I drive up to San Francisco, I don't pull over in fucking uh, Burbank and then get, get into another car. We get it, Bill. All right. I don't pull over in Burbank. To pull over, it's a nice phrasal verb. If you're driving a car and you pull over, it means you stop the car at the side of the road. Okay, to pull over. There you are, right? There you are, right? There, there you are. Speak English, Luke. Okay. So I get on the fucking plane, right? I use my miles, bump myself up like a fancy person. You know? I use my miles, bump myself up. If you bump yourself up, it means you kind of, I guess he means that he's upgraded. He used his miles. He's probably got air miles because, you know, when you fly a lot regularly with the same flight companies, they give you air miles, which you can use, uh, you know, points, which you can use to help uh, buy tickets in the future or maybe to bump yourself up to business class. On the fucking plane, right? I use my miles, bump myself up like a fancy person. You know, maybe maybe I invented the Cheesecake Factory, people are thinking. And then they see how I'm dressed and they go, oh, no, he didn't invent the Cheesecake Factory. Because he's bumped himself up to business class, he's imagining that people will, I don't know, maybe they'll see the empty seat and they'll think, oh, who is this? Who is this person in, uh, who's going to be sitting here? Maybe this is a, some sort of a successful businessman, some kind of entrepreneur. Maybe he invented the Cheesecake Factory. The Cheesecake Factory is an extremely successful um, uh, uh, chain of, um, like, what What are they, like coffee shops, places where you can buy cake. Um, anyway, so that he's thinking maybe people are going to look at the, his empty seat and go, oh, maybe he invented the Cheesecake Factory, and then they're going to see how he's dressed, and they'll be like, oh, no, he didn't invent the Cheesecake Factory, because apparently Bill Burr is dressed, um, I don't know how, in a very casual, maybe even a sort of, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Shabby, scruffy manner. And they'll think, oh, no, no, no. He didn't invent the Cheesecake Factory. People are thinking. And then they flop like, so I get on the fucking plane, right? I use my miles, bump myself up like a fancy person. You know, maybe, maybe I invented the Cheesecake Factory, people are thinking. And then they see how I'm dressed and they go, oh, no. He didn't invent the Cheesecake Factory. 
Um, and I go to go to sit down in my seat and I go to set my bag down. I was going to set it down right in front of me. And the nice fella sit next to me goes, why don't you stick it in the middle? There's room. And he- so I was going to set my, I was going to set my bag down in f- under the seat in front of me. But the nice fellow says, why don't you set it in the middle? Okay. Not important details. Moved his bag out of the way. I'm like, all right, this guy's a solid dude or whatever. This guy's a solid dude. This guy's a solid, <laughs> this guy's a solid dude. Um, just meaning this is a good person, right? He's a the kind of person that's a you know, trustworthy kind of guy. He's saying, hey, why don't you put the bag in the middle? Oh, okay, this guy's a solid dude. Now, <laughs> it sounds funny when I say it in my English accent, I think. And I go to set my bag down. I was going to set it down right in front of me. And the nice fella sit next to me goes, why don't you stick it in the middle? There's room. And he moved his bag out of the way. I'm like, all right, this guy's a solid dude or whatever. And then all of a sudden the waitress comes by. Waitress. It's not a waitress, Bill. <laughs> I'm like, all right, this guy's a solid dude or whatever. And then all of a sudden the waitress comes by, a stewardess, whatever. She comes by, um, flight attendant, whatever the fuck you're supposed to call him. She comes up and she, uh, could I get you gentlemen a drink? And I, I was like, I love that voice that he does. Could I, uh, could I get you gentlemen a drink? It's kind of like the generic uh, customer service voice uh, that Bill always does. Uh, so could I get a, could I get you gentlemen a drink? Even though this is a female flight attendant, it's still the same voice. A stewardess, whatever. She comes by. Um, flight attendant, whatever the fuck you're supposed to call him. She comes up and she, uh, can I get you gentlemen a drink? And I was like, yeah, can I get a, let me get a water, please. Can I get a, that's so American. Yeah, can I get a, so can I get a. If you remember my conversation with Alex Van Walsum, uh, who's a, a Dutch guy that I know who's done lots of business with the Americans and he spent time in the States growing up. He uh, he noticed that, that can I get a is a sort of thing that Americans say whenever they order something. Can I get a cheeseburger? Can I get a water? So here Bill demonstrates the can I get a, as you heard, meaning can I get a. In England, people tend to say, can I have? Can I have a water, please, in America? Can I get a water? Can I get you gentlemen a drink? And I was like, yeah, can I get a, let me get a water, please. Let me get a water, please. Ice or no ice? What, however you make it. (laughs) Stop acting like it's a fucking martini. It's water. Just give me a water. Stop acting like it's a fucking martini. It's water. Okay, just give me a water. I don't, uh, obviously Bill didn't actually say that. This is what's going on in his head. Because we're like, would you like ice or no ice? Just, just give me water. Stop acting like it's a martini. With ice. Thank you. Um, and the, the guy next to me, he orders a doers neat, no ice, no nothing. Just put it in there. So neat. So if you have a neat drink, especially an alcoholic drink, uh, neat whiskey or neat vodka or something, that just means just the whiskey without anything else. No ice and no mixer, like no, no Coke or I don't know. What do you have with whiskey soda? Anyway, just neat. So just a glass with just the whiskey in it. Neat. I next to me, he orders a doers. Neat. No ice. No nothing. Just put it in there. So they bring our drinks. All right. And I'm really thirsty. So I start sucking mine down. And I start sucking mine down. I like that phrase. I like. I start sucking mine down. And what does the other guy? He slams his doers, doesn't he? Is that the word that Bill uses? He slams it. Something like that. They bring our drinks. All right. And I'm really thirsty. So I start sucking mine down. And he just throws his back like it's nothing. Okay, he throws his back like it's nothing, like wham, in one go. Like fucking John Wayne. Right before- 
<laughs> like fucking John Wayne. You know, John Wayne, of course. Here we are. Back to the cowboy movies again. John Wayne, uh, you must know, but some of, the, some of you don't know. John Wayne was a huge movie star uh, in the Hollywood days of the 1930s, 1940s, and also the 1950s. And he was in all of those Western movies. And he was a big, macho, cowboy kind of guy. Hard drinking, hard fighting, you know, John Wayne. So typically in John Wayne's movies, in his Westerns, he would drink whiskey, neat whiskey and he'd throw it back just before probably fighting some dudes and beating some guys up. I think he says, Bill says, before fighting some mustachioed guys, guys with mustaches for some reason. I think probably... Uh, this is because t- typically John Wayne in his films would often end up fighting like Mexican bandits or something. And those Mexican bandits in those Hollywood Westerns would often have mustaches, uh, some swarthy Mexican bad guys or something that uh, John Wayne would, would fight, you know, the typical sort of uh, cliches of the Western movies from the period. Anyway, so the, the, the passenger next to Bill throws his whiskey back like he's John Wayne. They bring our drinks, all right? And I'm really thirsty, so I start sucking mine down, and he just throws his back like it's nothing. Like fucking John Wayne, right before he's going to turn around and beat up three guys, three mustachioed guys in the 1930s, right? So um, I'm just sitting there, and everybody's getting on the flight, you know, and I'm looking around at the passengers. You know, I'm fucking doing whatever I'm doing, and all of a sudden the guy next to me, Mr. Dewars, goes to me, uh, he goes, excuse me, he goes, are you afraid to fly? All right. I think you've picked that up. But you notice the way that he says, um, when he's reporting what someone said or or did, it's either, and I was like, or, and he went, or he goes. And that's true in British English too. It's just general conversational speech. When you're reporting what someone said, we'd say, and I was like, and he was like, or, and I, uh, I went, or, or, and I, and he goes, blah, 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 meaning he said or did something me uh he goes excuse me he goes are you afraid to fly and i looked at him i was like what he goes are you afraid to fly and i go no no i'm not and he goes he goes all right but you know it's he goes it's okay you know it's okay to tell me if you're afraid to fly and it's immediately getting weird and i'm like no i'm not afraid to fly and then I'm thinking in my head, wait, is he afraid to fly? And that's why he's drinking the way he just drank. And now he's hoping that I'm going to be afraid to fly. So he, you know, he just wants to open up. He just wants to open up. So Bill's trying to work out what the hell this guy is doing. He's trying to understand this guy's weird behavior. And he's starting to think, oh, maybe he needs me to admit that I'm afraid to fly so that he can then open up and admit that he's afraid to fly. So to open up, it's a nice phrasal verb, to open up, and it means to, you know, to reveal your emotions, to let your emotions out, to start talking about your emotions, which had previously been kept inside, to open up, meaning start talking about your emotions. Also, it's worth noting that I think Bill tells the entire story using present simple tense, right? It's none of it, it obviously it all happened in the past, but he's using present tenses to tell the story, which is quite interesting because obviously this is an effectively told story in a conversational kind of manner, right? Um uh, he's telling the story in a very conversational way. It's just interesting to note that it's all present tenses. It's all being told in the present. 
because obviously it brings an immediacy to the story and it, and it kind of brings us into the story so we, we're kind of experiencing the story in real time uh, so to speak that's what i'm thinking and I, i'm like yeah no i'm not afraid to fly and he won't leave it alone he goes all right because you know you're 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 fidgeting you're looking around at other passengers you're fidgeting so fidgeting fidgeting is just like something you do with your hands when you're nervous if you can imagine, you know, let's say it's before a job interview or before an exam, or maybe if you're scared to fly, you might be fidgeting, you know, like you might have something in your hand that you're playing with, just generally moving your hands and fingers and your arms maybe in a, in a, in a nervous kind of way, fidgeting. It's quite annoying when you're sitting next to someone who's fidgeting, you know, they're just kind of like click, 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 click with a pen, something like that, you know, this kind of No, sorry, can you excuse me? Can you just sorry, uh, sorry to bother you, but you're, you're just kind of fidgeting. Is there any way you could stop doing that? It'd be difficult to tell someone to stop fidgeting, right? I mean, it would be awkward. Imagine. I mean, it doesn't matter how you say it; it's going to be awkward if it's a stranger who's on the plane next to you with a pen. Click, 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 because they're nervous. They're fidgeting. How would you say that? You'd just say, "Um, I'm really sorry, but is there any way that you could uh, stop being so fucking annoying with your pen?" Obviously, you shouldn't do that. Um, anyway, so the guy's like, you know, because you, you seem nervous, you're, you're looking at other passengers, you're fidgeting. Because, you know, you're, you're, you're fidgeting, you're looking around at other passengers. And I'm sitting there looking at the, like, is this guy fucking serious? <laughs> and I go, no. I go, I'm not afraid to fly. So now I'm like, fuck this guy. I'm not talking to this guy for the rest of the flight. This guy's weird, man. Fuck this guy. I'm not talking to this guy for the rest of the flight. I love that. Fuck this guy. <laughs> Just like, I don't care about this guy. Fuck this guy. I'm not talking to this guy for the rest of the flight. He's fucking weird. I told you, lots of F-bombs. That's fine, isn't it? Come on, it's fine, isn't it? Sometimes on the podcast, it's all right to let loose and have a bit of swearing. Um, and anyway, what are you going to do? What are we going to do? Sue me? It's like 30, just get paint the picture. It's like 32-year-old, wiry, <clears throat> in shape, but like wiry, white dude just to paint the picture that's a nice phrase i mean he's saying let me try and describe the guy just to paint the picture if you paint a picture it means you describe a scene so that people can sort of you know picture it in their minds you paint a picture and the guy's like 30 something wiry dude wiry that means kind of thin but uh sort of strong as well but wiry yeah it's kind of like thin not very well built uh, wiry. So if somebody's wiry, then, the, you know, soldiers or uh, maybe even police officers or someone like an air marshal or some military person would not be wiry because wiry suggests that the person's not really well built, kind of thin, you know, wiry, like wire. I talk to this guy for the rest of the flight. This guy's weird, man. It's like 30, just get paint the pictures, like 32 year old, wiry. <clears throat> In shape, but like wiry white dude. In shape, but wiry white dude. He's got a scully cap on with fucking glasses. He's got a scully cap. I think a scully cap is like, it's a brand of cap. I think it's a sort of, uh, oh, it doesn't matter. It's just, a, it's just a sort of generic cap, basically, and glasses. So this guy doesn't look like 
uh, military personnel or some kind of agent or someone who would have the right to start asking Bill certain questions on the flight. He's just some dude. Um, <clears throat> you know, and uh, he goes uh, like there's like a minute of silence and people still getting on the plane. And then he goes, hey, sorry about that. Sorry, we, we just we just got off on the uh, wrong foot. He's like, my name's so-and-so. He goes, what's your name? We just got off on the wrong foot. Another nice expression. If you get off on the wrong foot, it means you just kind of start in the wrong way, particularly in sort of human relations, in a relationship with someone. Uh, if you meet someone for the first time and the first sort of interaction you have is quite negative or maybe even a bit aggressive or you or you disagree, like you have an argument with someone uh, at the beginning you, and then you want to kind of make the relationship better, you can say, I'm sorry, we got off on the wrong foot. We got off on the wrong foot. We got off on the wrong foot. And it's like you'd say, hey, I'm sorry, we got off on the wrong foot. Uh, what's your name? Just as a way of trying to make things better, trying to smooth things over. We just got off on the uh, wrong foot. He's like, my name's so-and-so. He goes, what's your name? And then I'm thinking in my head, like, what's my name? My name's Frank. <laughs> I wanted to give him like a, but I just, for some reason I just wanted, it's, it's Bill. Okay, I'm going to play you the next few minutes of the story now, uh, about two and a half more minutes of the story. All right, let's just see where this story goes goes now so another two and a half minutes or so and then i'm going to break it down again here we go and he goes oh hey bill and he goes nice to meet you so we shake hands and i'm just looking at, i don't have any poker face i'm looking at the guy like what the fuck is your problem i'm not even trying to not i'm not trying to be pleasant i'm already done with this guy so then the guy goes oh hey bill he goes why are you going to indianapolis bill right like he's fucking interrogating me and i i'm like is this guy fucking serious and I start doing the math in my head going, wait, is this guy like an air marshal or something? And I'm like, no, he's not. He's fucking slamming booze over here. Fuck this guy. <laughs> so I just go, I go, look, I don't, I don't have to answer your questions. <laughs> That's it. And I just look straight forward. <clears throat> he goes, okay, now I'm concerned. Okay. I am concerned. And I'm looking at him like concerned about what? He goes, you're fidgeting, you're, you, you have issues with other passengers, and blah, 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 blah. He starts painting like, like this, like he's been, I don't know what the fuck, like psychologically breaking me down. All right, so now at this, by this point, they've closed the fucking, the door to the fuselage, and we're starting to taxi. And I just finally look at the guy, and I, and I go, I go, you know, I came up with the fight. One point, I literally stick my hand out because he kept saying I was nervous. And I stick my hand right in front of his face and I hold it level. Oh, that's what I did the first time. Yeah, I, I hold it level. I go, I'm not nervous. And he goes, well, anybody can do that. And that's when I was like, fuck this guy. I'm not talking to the guy. Sorry, fuck this story up. Then, then, he, then he came back, got my name. Now he's going, why are you going to Indianapolis? And I finally look at him. I say, listen, pal, I'm drinking waters. You're drinking doers. Okay. There's no issue over here. And then he goes, it wasn't doers. What she gave me wasn't doers. Really? What was it? Some sort of spy juice? You fucking jerk off. This point, I want to punch him right through his fucking stupid wiry glasses. Right? So he's going like, you look around hostels. And I said something that just ticked him off. I was just, yeah, dude, I go, I don't have to answer your questions. All right. Leave me alone. 
And then he goes, uh, he goes, to, he goes, he starts going like, okay, now I am really concerned right now. He goes, why are you going to Indianapolis? And I just look at him. You know what I start doing? I start doing like this Ryan Gosling. You know that little smirk, that fucking Mona Lisa smile he has as he smirks his way through all his fucking movies? I do. I go full on Ryan Gosling. Now I'm not talking to this guy, and I just keep looking at him, and I give him that little half a smirk, and I just shake my head. That's my game now. That's this is my. It's like if you're gonna be a dick right now with your fucking delusional authority, right? That you're gonna like we're in fucking Guantanamo, and you're gonna waterboard me. Huh? There's no water. There's no board. Go fuck yourself. Here's my smirk. And I'm just going to shake my head at you like you're a fucking pathetic human being. This is what I'm doing. Right. And this is the funny thing. I'm such a dick. All I have to say to the guy is I'm a comedian. I'm going to do a sold out show there. And that would make him back off. But I'm a dick. I'm like, fuck this guy. I want to see where this is going. Okay. All right. You getting this? So basically, the, the situation's just escalating. So after, apparently, they seem to make friends, after the guy was like, I'm sorry, we got off on the wrong foot. What's your name? The guy then starts interrogating him, like, why are you going to Indianapolis, Bill? Huh? What are you doing in Indiana- Indianapolis? And he's like, and then Bill's like, you know, f- fuck you. I don't have to answer your questions. Uh, and then and the guy's like, no, I'm, re- I'm really concerned now, Bill. <laughs> so this, this is an escalating situation where this guy is acting like he's... For some reason, he seems to be suspicious of Bill, as if Bill Burr is going to Indianapolis for some, like, um, suspicious reason. Like, maybe he's planning some act of terrorism or something like that. And this guy is acting like he's a big, important person with all this authority and that he has the right to kind of interrogate other passengers and question their motives for traveling to Indianapolis suggesting that you know bill is some kind of person of interest like some kind of suspect in a potential terrorist attack which is ridiculous it's stupid as well because this is bill burr i mean he's just like he's he looks like this freckly kind of pale irish guy um and so not necessarily someone you would immediately suspect of being a terrorist although you know who knows anyone can do it but anyway it's just weird so this guy's got no authority he bill for a moment thinks hey maybe he's an air marshal because i think in america they actually have these plain clothes um sort of i don't know police of sorts air marshals these people who are posted uh onto airplanes to fly um they're wearing plain clothes but they are fully trained like counter-terrorist agents or something on the plane or people who are there to like you know fix problems if there are any air marshal so he's thinking oh maybe this guy's an air marshal and he looks at him again it's like this wiry dude with glasses he's not an air marshal and he's drinking whiskey he's drinking whiskey like that um why are you going to indianapolis bill (laughs) um let's um let's go back and and break it down okay break it down so then the guy goes oh hey bill he goes why are you going to indianapolis bill (laughs) right like he's fucking interrogating me and i I'm like, is this guy fucking serious? And I start doing the math in my head going, wait, is this guy like an air marshal or something? I start doing the math in my head. I mean, I start trying to work it out. Uh, in American English, they say math. In, in British English, it's maths with an S on the end. Maths, mathematics. Uh, but in the States, mathematics is math. So I start doing the math in my head. Start, you know, in English, we don't say doing the math. 
or doing the maths even. You just say, I'm trying to work it out. I start trying to work it out in my head. Uh, but, you know, in American English, I start doing the math in my head and starting to think, hey, is this guy an air marshal or something? Serious? And I start doing the math in my head going, wait, is this guy like an air marshal or something? And I'm like, no, he's not. He's fucking slamming booze over here. <laughs> he's slamming booze over here. Fuck this guy. Like an air marshal or something? And I'm like, no, he's not. He's fucking slamming booze over here. Fuck this guy. <laughs> booze, you know, it's the nickname for alcoholic drinks. You call it booze. He's slamming booze over here. Fuck this guy. So I just go, I go, look, I don't, I don't have to answer your questions. <laughs> That's it. And I just look straight forward. I don't have to answer your questions. That's it. I just look straight forward. So he turns his, he says to the guy, I don't have to answer your questions and just look straight forward, just kind of ignoring the guy. <laughs> he goes, okay, now I'm concerned. Okay. I am concerned. And I'm looking at him like, concerned about what? He goes, you're fidgeting. You're, you, you have issues with other passengers and blah, 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 blah. He starts painting like, like this, like he's been, I don't know what the fuck, like psychologically breaking me down. He's been psychologically breaking me down. If you psychologically break someone down, it's kind of like you analyze their behavior and you then, you know, compartmentalize their behavior. Like you can imagine uh, like um, some sort of secret agent who's following a terrorist subject, a terrorist suspect. You might psychologically break down this person, meaning work out their motivations, work out their, their strengths and weaknesses. And you'd have like a whole dossier, um, a whole file on this person in which their whole psychological uh, profile is broken down into different categories. So if you're psychologically breaking someone down, it means you're kind of analyzing uh, their personality. So he's like, what's this be guy been doing? He's like, he's been psychologically breaking me down. Like this, like he's been... I don't know what the fuck, like psychologically breaking me down. All right. So now just by this point, they've closed the fucking the door to the fuselage and we're starting to taxi. Some plain vocabulary here. Uh, we've cl they've closed the door to the fuselage. So basically they've closed the door to the airplane. You know, that shunk. That big door that they close. The fuselage, this is basically the the main body of the aeroplane, the round tube, sort of uh, tube-shaped main body of the aeroplane. It's called the fuselage. He said, so they've closed the door to the fuselage and we're starting to taxi. So taxi, you know, is a type of car that uh, you can pay to drive you somewhere. But also taxi is a verb and uh, when planes are moving on their wheels, they taxi. That's the verb that they use. So we're just taxiing along the runway or um, they close the door and we're starting to taxi. So taxiing, just moving when a plane moves on its wheels. It taxis. We're kind of moving slowly on its wheels. The door to the fuselage and we're starting to taxi. And I just finally look at the guy and I, and I go... I go, you know, I came up with the fight. One point, I literally stick my hand out because he kept saying I was nervous. At one point, I literally stick my hand out. Again, in the present tense. At one point, I, I literally stick my hand out. So he holds his hand out because the guy keeps saying he's nervous. He holds his hand out to show that he's not nervous because his hand is not moving. 
Yeah, and, and at this point, Bill realizes that he's he's like fucked up the story a little bit. And so he kind of says, oh, yeah, that's it. You know, the guy says, you know, are you scared to fly? And Bill sticks his hand out and says, no, I'm not scared to fly. Look. And then the guy says, oh, yeah, anyone could do that. And at, <laughs> and at this point, Bill's like, fuck this guy. Uh, I don't have to answer your questions. And I stick my hand right in front of his face and I hold it level. Oh, that's what I did the first time. Yeah, I, I hold it level. I go, I'm not nervous. And he goes, well, anybody can do that. And that's when I was like, fuck this guy. I'm not talking to the guy. Sorry, fuck this story up. Then, then, he, then he came back, got my name. Now he's going, why are you going to Indianapolis? And I finally look at him. I say, listen, pal, I'm drinking waters. You're drinking doers, okay? There's no issue over here. And then he goes, it wasn't doers. What she gave me wasn't doers. Really? What was it, some sort of spy juice? You fucking jerk off. <laughs> really? What was it, some kind of spy juice? <laughs> I, I don't i don't know what spy juice is but i love that line like uh you know i look i'm drinking water you're you're drinking doers okay and the guy's like that wasn't doers what i had like, oh really what was it some kind of spy juice <laughs> she gave me wasn't doers really what was it some sort of spy juice you fucking jerk off <laughs> you fucking jerk off um uh okay i know it's rude language but it makes me laugh a jerk off this is really american slang you fucking jerk off um it's the sort of thing you hear in films and stuff isn't it yeah you fucking jerk off a jerk off oh uh, well okay it's rude it's rude language uh so the noun a jerk off and also the verb to jerk off in american english this the equivalent in british english is uh a wanker and to wank, uh, okay. So a jerk off, uh, oh, sorry, to to jerk off. The verb means to masturbate, and a jerk off is, I guess, someone who masturbates. But it's just a generic insult, and when someone uses it, they're not always thinking about the act of masturbation. It's just a rude word, and it's a very funny word because it's so kind of typical American, like really standard American slang, like. What is it? Some kind of spy juice, you fucking jerk off? This point, I want to punch him right through his fucking stupid wiry glasses. Right? So he's going like, you look around hostels, and I said something that just ticked him off. I was just, yeah, dude, I go, I don't have. I said something that just kind of ticked him off, right? To tick someone off is to annoy someone, to make someone angry a little bit. So, you know, I said, at one point, I said something that, that ticked him off. He's going like, you look around hostels, and I said something that just ticked him off. I was just, yeah, dude, I go, I don't have to answer your questions. By the way, if you didn't understand that little bit there, then don't worry, because Bill is, I think, sort of mixing up his words and trying to, you know, trying to think. Because we do that, don't we, don't we, in our first languages? We're kind of like, sometimes while we're thinking and talking at the same time, just like words, word salad comes out of our mouths. And it is called word salad, that kind of thing. Uh, just like just words popping out and they're not really ordered in a particular way. It's because you're trying to think while you're speaking. So people say that Donald Trump speaks in word salad. He's just like, you know, I just I'm speaking and it's totally ter- terrific. Believe me, folks, I know airplanes and uh, China. The situation in China is sad, but uh, I'm going to I'm I'm going to you're going to make so much money. And it's just like, what? Just word salad. But at this point, Bill just sort of produces a bit of word salad. But in the middle of it is he says, basically he says, I, at one point I said something that ticked him off. When, like you look around hostels and I said something that just ticked him off. I was just, yeah, dude, I go, I don't have to answer your questions. All right, leave me alone.
And then he goes, uh, he goes, to, he goes, he starts going like, okay, now I am really concerned right now. He goes, why are you going to Indianapolis? And I just look at him. You know what I start doing? I start doing like this Ryan Gosling. Right. So this is where he, his, this is his uh, passive aggressive approach to dealing with this guy. He starts doing this Ryan Gosling. Now, you know the actor Ryan Gosling, right? Of course, you know Ryan Gosling. He's that actor. He was in La La Land. He was in that movie Drive. And he's been in lots of other films like The Big Short and The Notebook and all these films, right? Ryan Gosling. Now, picture Ryan Gosling's face in your mind, if you can stand it. Ladies, gentlemen, equally, just picture Ryan Gosling's face right now in your mind. And, you know, the thing is with Ryan Gosling, he's always got that little smile on his face, that kind of smug-looking little smirk on his face. And... Obviously, he's handsome, he's a great actor, but he's got a slightly annoying face the way he's always got that smug little smile on his face. Anyway, that kind of smile, you could describe it as a smirk, okay? It's like a little smile, a little self-satisfied smile, as if you know something that is amusing you, but other people don't really know about it, and you're not saying what it is that's amusing you. So it makes you seem a little bit arrogant, it's like this little smirk as if you're enjoying a little private joke that you're not sharing with anyone else. That's what Bill is talking about when he says the Ryan Gosling little smirk on his face. Indianapolis. And I just look at him. You know what I start doing? I start doing like this Ryan Gosling. And he, he, just, he describes it as like a Mona Lisa smile. Because, you know, the Mona Lisa, the famous painting by Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio. No, Leonardo da Vinci. Uh, he's, the Mona Lisa has a little kind of smirk on her face as well. So he says, the Ryan Gosling, I start doing this kind of Mona Lisa smile. You know that little smirk, that fucking Mona Lisa smile he has as he smirks his way through all his fucking movies? I- <laughs> he smirks his way all the way through his, his fucking movies. He's, yeah, he does. Ryan Gosling does smirk his way through his, his, his movies. It's true. You know that little smirk, that fucking Mona Lisa smile he has as he smirks his way through all his fucking movies? I, do, I go full on Ryan Gosling. Now I'm not talking to this guy, and I just keep looking at him. And I give him that little half a smirk, and I just shake my head. That's my game now. That's, this is my game. It's like, if you're going to be a dick right now with your fucking delusional authority, right? That you're going to, like, we're in fucking Guantanamo, and you're going to waterboard me. <laughs> Yeah, so he's going like if you're gonna if you're gonna act like a dick with your delusional authority, like the guy thinks he's got some authority, like we're in fucking Guantanamo and you're gonna waterboard me. Guantanamo Bay is, you know, uh, a detention center, some sort of really messed up uh prison where uh, uh the American government kept uh, terrorist suspects and no doubt did all sorts of terrible uh, interrogation which included waterboarding, very controversially included waterboarding. Waterboarding is a sort of torture or interrogation method which is extremely uh, nasty and horrible, and it basically involves putting a cloth over someone's mouth, making them lie down on a board um, on their back, putting a cloth over their mouth, and then slowly pouring water into their mouth through the cloth. And it basically simulates drowning. And in fact, it doesn't really simulate drowning. It is actually drowning. So it's a way of torturing someone. And if you waterboard someone, they will tell you anything that, that, uh, that you want them to tell you. So it's a, it's a very controversial form of torture slash interrogation. 
depending on how you define the words torture and interrogation. But anyway, he's going, so, you know, fuck you with your delusional authority. Like, we're not, you know, like we're in Guantanamo and you're going to waterboard me. There's no water and there's no board. So fuck you, I think is what he says. Already, right? That you're going to, like, we're in fucking Guantanamo and you're going to waterboard me. Huh? There's no water. There's no board. Go fuck yourself. Here's my smirk. And I'm just going to shake my head at you like you're a fucking pathetic human being. This is what I'm doing. Right. And this is the funny thing. I'm such a dick. All I have to say to the guys, I'm a comedian. I'm such a dick. All I need, all I've got to say to the guys that I'm a comedian and he'll back off to back off. You know, well, it's clear. This is a phrasal verb that's fairly clear, isn't it? He'll kind of like, okay, all right. Sorry. Sorry to bother you. Just, you know, I just wanted to be sure. I'm just trying to protect the passengers on this plane. All right. Okay, buddy. Don't worry. I'm going to back off now. Can you hear me backing off? I'm backing off now. All right. No problem. No problem. Carry on. Enjoy your water. Um, All right. Right. And this is the funny thing. I'm such a dick. All I have to say to the guy is I'm a comedian. I'm going to do a sold out show there. And that would make him back off. But I'm a dick. I'm like, fuck this guy. I want to see where this is going. So I love the way that at this point now, Bill is deciding to kind of push this a little bit. Like he could just just stop the whole situation. He could uh, stop the whole thing just by saying to him, look, I'm a comedian. I'm going to Indianapolis to do a big show. All right. And that would probably end the situation. But Bill, being the kind of dick that he is, uh, has decided he's going to push this further. He's not going to he's not going to play this guy's game and he's going to refuse to tell him anything. And this really pisses off this crazy passenger who, I mean, you know, you're probably thinking, who is, what's, what's up with this guy? Why is he, it's, well, it's just a weird person, you know, a weird, crazy person that uh, likes the kind of weird, crazy people that we meet sometimes. And Bill has decided, okay, I'm going to push this. I'm going to see where this goes. And so uh, I'm not going to tell him anything just to see how this pans out. Let's listen to the next, uh, let's listen to the next couple of minutes. Um, we're going to listen for maybe about five more minutes now uh, to see where the rest of this story goes. So now he's all fucking amped up and he starts dropping F, you know, he's saying the F word. He's sitting there going, if you don't, he goes, if you don't fucking answer my question right fucking now, I am going to hit that call button. We're sitting there taxiing down the fucking getting in line. I'm going to fucking hit this fucking button if you blah, 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 blah. And I'm just fucking Mona Lisa smile, smirking, just shaking my head like you are a fucking retard, right? So now he's, he's saying the F word so much. The lady who's sitting in front of me, diagonally in front, right in front of him, turns around and looks at us. And now my heart's racing. I'm like, where's this going? This is going to be great. I am 100% fucking innocent. This guy's drunk. And I think he's going to hit that button. Oh, I got a feeling he's going to hit that button. What's going to happen, right? I want to see what the pilot looks like. Let's see where the fuck this is going, right? So he goes, if you don't fuck you, he starts, he starts bringing his hand up to the button going, I'm going to hit that button. You don't think I'll fucking do it? I'll hit that button. And I'm sitting there smirking at him, thinking in my head, go ahead, hit the fucking button. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens, right? So finally, now he wants to hit the button and he can't fucking find it. And it's in, in defense of him, I couldn't find it either. I was looking up there. I half wanted to hit it myself. Then he finally, he finally finds it and he hits it. Right? And now I'm just like, holy shit, what's going to happen? And he's sitting there going, yeah, huh? You want to fucking play this game? You want to fucking play this game? And I'm surprised. I mean, it took like fucking like 30 seconds before a flight attendant, the one who gave him the booze, which evidently wasn't booze, comes over. And at this point, 
we're like doing that shit where we're behind a plane. We're almost ready to take off. Like we're pulling up and then stopping, pulling up and then stopping as planes are taking off. So she goes, yeah, what's the problem over here? And he goes, uh, I'm not comfortable to fly with this guy. This guy, he's fidgeting. He's looking around at other fucking people, blah, 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 blah. blah. He's doing all this thing, right? And then the stewardess looks at me, and I'm just sitting there fucking, my little smirk, just shaking my head. And I'm just looking at the dude, just shaking my head like this guy's out of his fucking mind. I don't say a word. And this guy goes on and on and on about his fucking psycho babble about how I'm this security risk. So she goes to, so she goes, okay, um, any other passengers? Have you noticed anything? She's talking to everybody first class at this point. (laughs) Has anybody noticed anything odd about this guy? And the lady who was sitting right in front of the dude diagonally from me, Turns around, she goes, yeah, I've been listening to this guy berating this other passenger. She's on my side. And I haven't said a fucking word. This is great. And I'm just sitting there, smirking. Then the stewardess looks at me, and I shrug my shoulders like, I don't know what to tell you. So finally she said, sir, do you have anything to add to this? And I just said, look, I'm just a guy trying to go to Indianapolis this guy over here, he starts slamming his doors. I kind of felt like a rat when I said that. I go, he's slamming his doors. Next thing you know, he's dropping the F-bomb to me. Then I'm thinking, oh, fuck. I just said bomb, right? Fortunately, nothing happens. So now another fucking, the male stewardess comes over, right? Now he's going like, what's going on? And the captain of the fucking, now at this point, we've pulled over and the plane has stopped. 250 people trying to get to Indianapolis and jerk off over here who can't hold this fucking alcohol who just watched a uh, person of interest every, every, I guess, evidently. I have no fucking idea. Now the plane is stopped. This fucking jerk off has stopped the plane. Interrogating a goddamn comedian like I'm in the fucking Taliban and like he works for the CIA, right? So now we're just sitting there. <laughs> And the captain is up front in the plane, like, saying to the stewardess, is going, basically relaying, do I really have to fucking come back there? This is the last flight of the night. Is there really a goddamn problem? And that was the vibe. And they finally said to the douche sitting next to me, are you going to be okay to fly with him? And at that point, it appeased his fucking ego that he was somehow in control. And he goes like, you know what? Okay, it's fine. It's fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. So they go, okay. So now the plane's going again. And now we now we fucking come around, and he's sitting there fucking, he's in my ear. And at this point, I am laughing. Like the fucking laugh you hear me doing the podcast. That's what I'm doing. And he's sitting there going, oh, I, I, he goes, you know what? I'm glad. I'm glad you st- I, I hope you fucking do. I hope you fucking try something. I hope you fucking try something when we're up there. I really hope you fucking try something. And I'm just fucking like gut busting, laughing, shaking. My- like, what are you going to fucking do to me? What are you going to do to me? Huh? Are you going to punch me in the face, you fucking wiry jackass? With your fucking glasses on? You know? That's a federal offense. You're going to go to jail if you do that or something. I don't know what, right? Okay. Oh, my goodness. So, all right, you getting this? Are you getting this? All right, so um, let's see if I can sum that up. So, Bill refuses to answer his questions and the guy starts to get really irate and he's like you know i'm look you know uh i'm really fucking concerned by you now i'm really concerned by you and he says you know if you don't start answering my questions i'm going to press that button you know on the plane there's a button that you can press that brings 
a member of cabin crew to your seat. And, you know, if you've got a problem or something, you can press the button and they'll come. And he's like, hey, you know, if you don't answer my question, I'm going to press that button. And Bill is thinking, great, okay, I can't wait for you to do that. I want to see if you're actually going to do this. He's thinking in his head because he's not actually saying anything. He just keeps doing his little Ryan Gosling smirk the whole time because Bill Burr at this point knows that he's completely innocent, that the guy next to him has been uh, slamming doers. Uh, he's been drinking this booze. And so obviously this guy's a nutter and Bill Burr is innocent. So he's willing to like see, you know, to push it and see how far it goes. And the guy gets so irate, he presses the button and the the stewardess comes over and she's like, yes, is there a problem? And the guy's like, I'm I'm not happy to, to fly with this guy. I think he's a flight risk. And, you know, he's, he's, uh, you know, I'm not happy to fly with this guy. And the, and uh, the woman says, you know, asks Bill a question and Bill's like, well, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to get to Indianapolis. I'm not saying anything. And in fact, he even said, um, he said, this guy's been slamming his, his, his drinks. And, um, and the, the stewardess is like, oh, okay. And she says to other passengers, you know, has any other, have any other passengers um, uh, noticed anything suspicious about this person? And the woman sitting in front of them says, well, I've just heard this man behind me berating this passenger for the last few minutes. So the woman in front of them is on Bill's side completely. So basically, at this point, um, the the vibe in the in the plane and the vibe uh, with the the stewardess and the and the staff. I think the stewardess goes off to speak to the pilot or something because the plane is stopped because of this guy. And so the general feeling is like, oh god, is this? To, you know, it's the last flight of the day. Is this a real problem? Is this a genuine? Does the and the pilots kind of probably in the cockpit saying, "Oh, is this really an issue? Do I really have to come out there? You know, because we we have to stop. The, this is going to delay the flight. Is this really an issue?" And uh, because obviously the stewardess knows that this guy's a nutter, and it's like, "Oh, really?" Um, I think is that is that the last thing that happened? Uh, I think so. Like the, so, the, the 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 are you okay to fly with him? And then so the, the and then the guy that's it the guy goes, um, you know what it, it's fine it's fine it's okay because the the woman says you know is it, is is there going to be a problem are you okay to 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 fly with this guy and uh, you know is, is this all right for you and the guy feels like his ego has been massaged a little bit so and and so he at this point he's like yeah okay, you know what it's fine it's going to be okay so it makes him feel like he's in control which is like weirdly probably what this is all about, that this guy is so sort of insecure or something that all of this behavior is just manifesting itself. You know, all, all of his insecurity or the fact that he's not in control of the, of being on this plane as a normal passenger is sort of manifesting itself in this weird kind of fantasy of him being a, 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 a like a member of security or something like that. And so once they've asked him, you know, is it okay if we take off? The guy's like, yeah, no, actually, yeah, no, it's fine. Just carry on. And then as soon as the stewardess goes away, the guy leans over to Bill. He's like, you know what? I hope you try something. When we start flying, I hope you try, I hope you fucking try something up there. So the guy's like saying, I hope you do something because um, he he wants to arrest Bill. He's acting like, you know, I hope you try something because I'm going to arrest you. You're going to go to jail is what he's saying to Bill. And Bill's kind of going, what the, in, in his head, he's thinking, what the fuck are you going to do? Are you going to punch me? Um, are you going to, are you going to punch me? Because that's a federal offense, you know, and it's true. If the guy 
assaults Bill, then this guy is going to go to jail or something like that, because that is a federal crime to just punch a passenger on a plane. Um, So things are starting to get pretty full on here. Um, I'm running out of time on this podcast. So, you know, I'm not going to skip through that last, I'm not going to go through that last bit again. I'm just assuming that you've followed that and we're just going to carry on listening to the story okay so the guys just leaned over to bill say you know what i hope you try i hope you fucking try something when we're up there that's a federal offense you're going to go to jail if you do that or something i don't know what right so i'm just sitting there fucking laughing at the guy going i actually at one point i put my fucking little eye pillow thing on you know like i'm going to sleep oh i had that out too when the stewardess was talking to me i was like putting it on is this total mind fuck like, I, I don't know what this guy is. I'm just trying to go to Indianapolis. I'm going to sleep. So he's saying that um, he, at one point he, he, he had his eye pillow. It's not an eye pillow. Uh, it's a, a, an eye mask. You know, the kind of things that you get on planes so you can put them over your eyes and it blocks out the light. So Bill's got this eye pillow on his head as a kind of mind fuck. He's fucking with the guy's head. Uh, by putting the eye pillow on his head as if to say to him, like, I really, I'm not bothered by your behavior. I'm just going to go to sleep any minute now. You know, it's like a, a, a big passive aggressive move by Bill. So Bill is definitely fucking with this guy's head at this point because he's amused uh, by it, the whole situation. Um, so he's got the eye pillow on and even the eye, the eye mask. And even when the stewardess was there, he had the eye eye mask on and he was kind of pulling it down as if to say look you know i don't want any problem i just i just want to go to indianapolis and fall asleep so showing you know as a sort of psychological tactic um in a sense mind fuck like I, I don't know what this guy is i'm just trying to go to indianapolis i'm going to sleep and um so i got i got my fucking eye thing on right as he's sitting there threatening me, just I was going total passive aggressive. It's like, dude, I'm so not concerned with you. I'm literally putting a blindfold on. All right. So this fucking guy, he starts going. He goes, yeah. he goes, you think you fucking won this? You think you fucking won this? He goes, my, you know, who my dad is my dad. He started saying his dad's some major CEO in Indianapolis. Doesn't it sound like a fucking made up story. I swear to God, this is all true. The guy's going, you know, uh, you know, you think you've won this? Do you think you think you've won this? Meaning, do you think you've won this particular situation? It's like, do you know who my dad is? He starts saying that his dad is some big businessman, CEO in Indianapolis. He goes, you think you fucking won this? You think you fucking won this? He goes, my, you know who my dad is? My dad, he started saying his dad's some major CEO in Indianapolis. Doesn't it sound like a fucking made-up story? I swear to God, this is all true. It's like, doesn't this sound like a made-up story? A made-up story is like a fabricated story that Bill Burr has just made up, like he's invented it. And he says, doesn't this sound like a made-up story? I swear to God, it's true. Some major CEO in Indianapolis. Doesn't it sound like a fucking made-up story? I swear to God, this is all true. He goes, my, my dad is some, a major CEO in Indianapolis, and I will have you fucking arrested. And the lady turns around again. I will have you fucking arrested. I'll have you fucking arrested, he says. And the lady turns around. The lady in front of them turns around again to have a look. I'm going to have you fucking arrested because my dad's some important person in Indianapolis. I'm going to have you fucking arrested. Indianapolis as well. I mean, this is like, I mean, no disrespect to the people of Indianapolis, all of whom obviously are listening to this and who will be highly offended if I say anything against their wonderful city. But Indianapolis, from me, from my perspective as a non-American British person who just gets like American culture through films and stuff like this, Indianapolis is just like one of those cities that it's just just one of those generic kind of cities in America 
just like places like Cleveland or Indianapolis or like Milwaukee or Wisconsin or something like Indianapolis is such a generic American city as well. I love the fact that this is that they're going to just this kind of standard American town. Yeah, you know who my dad is? He's a big CEO in Indianapolis. He's going to I'm going to have you fucking arrested. Indianapolis and I will have you fucking arrested and the lady turns around again I'll have you fucking arrested the second we get on the ground I'm thinking like for what for what sitting here you fucking loser learn how to hold your alcohol right and he starts describing the view that I'm gonna have when I go to jail like some fucking law and order episode I love this that he starts describing the view as if Yeah, like some law and order episode. So apparently this guy, it seems, if we break him down psychologically, it looks like all of his, this stuff, these, this fantasy is, is a result of him having watched far too many of those crime dramas on American TV. So he's describing the view that Bill's going to have from the jail cell in Indianapolis. Describing the view that I'm going to have when I go to jail, like some fucking law and order episode. Oh, you're going to love it. You'll be able to see Lucas Oilfield and blah, 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 blah. And I'm just sitting there cracking up laughing. Cracking up. You know, that's when you just start laughing uncontrollably. And then there's this pause, right? And I'm thinking, finally, he finally shut the fuck up. It's like a three, four minute pause. He finally just gave up because I wasn't giving him anything. I was just laughing and shaking my head. I was being a dick to him. I was because I was enjoying it. And then there was like a three minute pause. And then all of a sudden he just goes... Why are you going to Indianapolis, Bill? <laughs> I do love that. So as if the guy's like really sort of like really convinced that there's definitely something suspicious about this guy. You know, there's definitely something going on with this guy. It's like, so he's like, he leaves it alone for a bit. But he's obviously sitting there stewing about it, like, oh, you know, this guy's he's going to do something. And he's like, God damn it, why are you going to Indianapolis, Bill? Because <laughs> I was enjoying it. And then there was like a three-minute pause, and then all of a sudden he just goes, why are you going to Indianapolis, Bill? <laughs> <laughs> so we're like 20 minutes into the flight. And I got to be honest with you, my adrenaline was so going during all of that because I knew I didn't do anything wrong, but I thought we were literally going to go back and there was going to be fucking cops there. And like if, 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 if the fucking stewardess or the pilot asked me who I am and where I'm going, I'm going to tell them I respect your authority. You're just some je- I don't you don't have any fucking authority. I don't have to answer your questions. It was pro- it was one of the most fun experiences I've ever had with another human being. Like when somebody thinks that they have power and you know they don't, and all they can do is try just keep bluffing and raising their voice and start cursing at you. And if you just start laughing at them, the look on their face is fucking priceless. There's that word bluffing again that we had on the podcast recently. Kind of like bluffing means you're sort of faking it, you're pretending to be something um so you know the guy's is is acting like he's got authority and if you just don't if you don't sort of go along with it uh if you refuse to answer his questions he's gonna have to just keep bluffing and keep trying to uh, keep up this this facade of being uh an auth- a person of authority is try just keep bluffing and raising their voice and start cursing at you and if you just start laughing at them the look on their face is fucking priceless
<laughs> priceless meaning uh, of great value. If something is priceless, it's worth so much that you can't put a price on it. So it's something that's really valuable. The look on some, and it's a good phrase to describe. Uh, the look on someone's face like if you know if someone is saying these things and you're just laughing at them then the look on his face was priceless so the last thing he said he said why are you going to indianapolis bill right and i fucking started howling just fucking holding my stomach shaking my head you started howling howling is something that dogs or wolves do like ow like that that's howling so he's, it means he was laughing, really. He, was, he just couldn't stop laughing. He was holding his stomach. He couldn't stop laughing at this guy. And with my fucking eye pillow thing on, right? And I know I'm going to get a ton of shit that I wear one of those. I, they're fucking underrated. Get the one at Brookstone where it's literally a pillow. I'm telling you, you could fall asleep 12 noon facing the sun. It's awesome. I love the way he's describing his eye pillow that he got from some sh- shop. And he's like, seriously, it's amazing. It's it's literally a pillow. I'm imagining in America they have these products that are designed to make your life comfortable, and they're like incredibly like big. Everything's big and padded and and uh, comfortable. So I'm imagining this big eye patch, eye, eye eye mask that's like thick like a pillow. And he said, you could, it's amazing. You could uh, put it on. You could fall asleep in broad daylight at, at noon, right? as a way of showing that it's it would be a very powerful eye patch you get a ton of shit that i wear one of those i they're fucking underrated get the underrated meaning people uh should uh say you know people should be more uh praised uh, people don't talk about them enough he's saying that, that you know people don't realize how great they actually are they're underrated and i know i'm gonna get a ton of shit that i wear one of those i they're fucking underrated get the one at brookstone where it's literally a pillow I'm telling you, you could fall asleep 12 noon facing the sun. You could fall asleep 12 noon facing the sun. You shouldn't. <laughs> awesome. So anyways, like after he, he asked me, what, what, you know, where you going, Bill? It was, like, it was like a 10 minute, like probably 10 minutes had gone by and I can't fucking sleep because it's so funny to me. And I can't wait to tell the story to every comic I know. So just picture the scene. Uh, he is sitting there with his eye patch on. Ten minutes has gone by. He's sitting there with the eye patch on, but he can't sleep because he's so excited. The adrenaline's pumping, and he can't wait to tell this story to the comedians that he knows. He can't wait to try and do this story on stage to see if it's funny. He's just the, the adrenaline is pumping. So it's been ten minutes with the eye mask on, and I think at this point he, he t- decides to have a look at the guy. I can't wait to try it on stage to see if it's funny or whatever. Uh, so finally, I just like, ah, oh, fuck it. Maybe I'll just get on my computer. And I bring up my eye pillow. And I like, I got to look at the guy because I know he's fucking staring at me, waiting for me to do something, right? So he's thinking, I, I know this guy. Yeah, you heard him. You heard him, right? I don't need to repeat that. And I like, I got to look at the guy because I know he's fucking staring at me, waiting for me to do something, right? So I lift it up. I get my fucking Mona Lisa smile going and I look over at the guy and dude, he is fucking passed out. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he, he decides I'm going to have a little look at the guy because I'm sure he's staring at me. He's waiting to do something. And he, he, he pulls off his uh, eye mask and has a look and the guy is passed out. He's just completely unconscious in his seat. <laughs> the guy's just passed out now. Passed out. <laughs> He looked like he got shot 
He was sitting there like his head was just hanging straight down. And any time the plane moved, like his head was, I mean, he looked like he got knocked out. And for the rest of the fucking flight, old fucking, uh, oh, what's Matt Damon's character? Jack Ryan. Old fucking Jack Ryan over here is just, you know, the sky marshal, the fucking booze bag. And God knows what else he was on. He was just completely out, passed out. For the rest of the fucking flight. And this is how much a dick I am. I was having so much fun with this guy. I start, I can't sleep. So I start slamming waters. Because I want to have to get up and take a piss just to see if this guy's going to freak out. Because this security risk is getting up. So he's, because he's enjoying fucking with this guy so much, he starts slamming waters. I love the, I just love some of this language. I just start slamming waters. He starts slamming waters, meaning drinking loads of water, and uh, because he wants to, <laughs> he wants to have to get up and go to the toilet because he wants to see the guy's reaction when Bill, who is this great security risk, starts to get up and step over him. He wants to see what this guy's reaction is going to be. Um, uh, but I think the guy just doesn't wake up for the rest of the flight. So Bill, after drinking all these waters, he needs the needs to go to the toilet so badly, but he doesn't get up because the guy remains unconscious. I don't know why Bill found it necessary to, to slam so much water. He could have just gone to the toilet without actually needing to go, don't you think? But anyway, the, uh, I don't know. I can't. Don't understand the logic, but and take a piss just to see if this guy's going to freak out because this security risk is getting up. And this, the joke was on me. He never regained consciousness. And then I really had to take a piss, but I'm such a stubborn fuck. I was holding it because I wanted to make sure he was awake when I got up because I was going to give him a little smirk and then I was going to get up, <laughs> see if he hit the call button again. Um, but he didn't, he didn't wake up till we, we hit the ground and, um, and then it's funny, then he woke up and it was like four hours later, so now he had kind of slept off whatever the fuck this guy was on. And so um, he woke up like hours later after we'd landed. Uh, he, he woke up after he'd slept off whatever this guy was on. So the guy, Bill thinks the guy wasn't just drinking booze, but he may have been on something else. Maybe he'd taken some sort of drug of some kind, which had made him act like that and then pass out so quickly. So he said the guy woke up after he'd slept off uh, whatever he was on. So he slept to, to sleep something off. So if let's say you've drunk some alcohol, you could sleep it off, meaning you go to sleep and the effects of the alcohol go away. Or if someone has taken a drug, they might sleep it off, like they go to sleep and then the then they're no longer under the influence of the drug when they woke up, when they wake up. So they slept it off. So the guy, he didn't wake up until they'd landed after he'd slept off whatever whatever the fuck it was he'd, he'd taken or something. Later, so now he'd kind of slept off whatever the fuck this guy was on. Whatever the fuck this guy was on. Because you can be on something. If you are on something, it means you're on drugs, right? Like four hours later, so now he'd kind of slept off whatever the fuck this guy was on. And I'm sitting there smirking, waiting for the guy to start talking. I mean, he won't look at me. And I, I and I think at that point he kind of fucking realized that maybe he got a little uh, a little extra, little too patriotic. So we stop, we stop at the gate and everything, and we're going to get up. So I grab my shit, I get up, and I'm just kind of looking at him, and he won't look at me. And then the lady who was sitting in front of me had this big smile on her face. She goes, "How you?" She goes, "How you doing?" And I went, "Good." I go, "That." I go, "That was an interesting one," and I said it really loud so the guy heard. And he didn't say anything. And 
to, this is what he did to try to save face. His pillow was kind of stuck behind, was kind of stuck behind his shoulder in like a weird place. So he was frustrated with it. So he, he ripped it out from behind him and kind of threw it down on the floor and went, Ugh. like, <laughs> tried to do some caveman grunt to try to still have some sort of, uh, I don't know what. So, so that was my flight to Indianapolis, people. Okay, so uh, so after the guy had slept everything off, he woke up. He obviously was no longer under the influence of whatever the thing he'd taken. If he had taken something, he wasn't drunk anymore. And he, he would not look at Bill. And he just was sitting there kind of looking a bit sheepish. Um, and obviously, he'd realized that perhaps he'd gone a bit too far. Uh, as Bill said, he got a little bit too patriotic. He got a bit too patriotic, which is, you know, meant that he, he, was, he took his kind of um, his... Uh, he got too patriotic. That's a good, I mean, that's a good joke, I guess. Meaning that, um, you know, he, he was so willing to defend the United States against security threats. Uh, in this case, <laughs> Bill Burr, the comedian. Um, but he realized that he'd been a bit too patriotic or that he'd gone a bit too far. And uh, apparently when they all stood up to get off the plane, the him and the woman in front, they looked at each other and he kind of said, well, that was a strange one. That was a weird one. And uh, the guy continued not to say anything. But uh, in order to try and avoid losing face, in order to save face, meaning in order to kind of try uh, to maintain some level of um, uh, dignity or something from the situation, he kind of pulled the pillow from behind his shoulder and slammed it down on the floor, like some kind of like, uh, like kind of caveman aggressive move as if to say, ah, you know, like to, to kind of just to try and avoid being the complete pathetic loser at the end of the story and that's it that's all that's how it ends basically uh, the guy just passes out and then wakes up feeling pretty sheepish at the end of it and that's the end i don't know what so so that was my flight to indianapolis people um you know what how, how far into the fucking podcast are we that was a long that was a long fucking story that was a long fucking story, Bill. It's It's been about an hour and 40 minutes in the, uh, this episode of my podcast. Hey, Bill, thanks for being on my podcast. He's like, what? what? Um, ladies and gents, thanks for listening to this super long episode of uh, Luke's English Podcast. I'm going to stop right here. But you know what to do. Teacherluke.co.uk. Join the mailing list. Sign up for my premium service where you can get proper sort of teaching stuff from me. Uh, and uh, it's not always just... Uh, lots of swearing and stuff. But anyway, I enjoy that story very much. I hope you do too. I don't know what you think. Leave your comments in the comments section. Have you ever had a weird experience with a person on a plane? Have you ever had a strange encounter with a person like that? Uh, any flight stories that you've got, leave them in the comments section. I'll be curious to know what you've, what you read. And um, you should check out some of the other videos, uh, which are little clips from Bill Burr's podcast of him telling different stories. There are some really good ones. Just go onto YouTube, type Bill Burr, probably just type Bill Burr story or Bill Burr plain story. You'll find this video and then um, the search results will probably show you various other little stories of Bill Burr's. And, and they're always funny stories. He's got a way with words. He's a good storyteller. So check them out. They should uh, give you a bit of a laugh. Thanks for listening to this episode. I'll speak to you again on the podcast soon. But for now, goodbye. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar, and pronunciation teaching from me, and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.